it's in the cockpit time, that show where we don't have a set intro or formula to how do we do this. We just kind of, you know, off bullshit the into a mic. Off yeah. the wing. Off the wing. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. And that's been in the cockpit. A bad pun, and this entire show has been a bad pun. In fact, our entire concept. To be fair, yeah, I mean. You yeah. know the best part about the entire concept of co-pilots is? What? You're the one that pitched the name, and you hate puns. Yeah, but puns stick in people's heads. Man. I don't. I don't believe you when you say you hate puns. I'm gonna I be don't. Honest. I really don't like them. I'm not a fan. Okay, so if we're just doing a normal catch-up thing, what have you been up to? I've been marathoning two separate TV shows that have massive catalogs, and I've been running through them. But what have you been up to? I mean, I think since the last time we did one of these, I've listened to all of the Wiseman's Fear on audio books that exist. The King Killer Chronicles, you mean? I thought you meant the band for a second. Well, the what I have listened to the entire band's discography again. But yeah, I meant the King Killer Chronicles. And I've been listening to the Lightbringer series by uh, Burnt Weeks as well. I love both of those series of books. Um, I think, right right now, I think I like Lightbringer more overall. Because it's a completed series? And I like a lot of the like magic and stuff in Lightbringer. Don't get me wrong, I love the magic in King Killer. Yeah. But... Kingkiller is more beautiful. Like it's it, it reading it is more beautiful. Yeah, it has a much stronger prose and it it's has more descriptive. Yeah, it has a really flowing quality to it even when you're switching between what's currently going on and then the tells and then the kind of songs and stories that aren't integral, I would say to the story but add to the world and the book in such a way. Whereas Lightbringer is rough. Like, it's got a little bit of roughness to it, and it's a little bit rough to the world as well. Like, yeah. Even the, the time that Kvothe spends in Tarbia doesn't really, like, end up being, like, as rough and hard as some of the parts of Brent Weeks' world. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, oh, how do we deal with this character who has fun, powerful eyes, but they're not maybe so powerful anymore? What if we just got rid of those? Yeah, so I really enjoy both those fantasy series. Brent Weeks' Lightbringer series is five books. Yeah. And King Killer Chronicles is two books and novella and two short stories, plus and, a, plus an entire blog. Yeah, with a bunch of short stories and stuff on it, so. Yeah, both of those series are amazing. If you haven't read those, do yourself a favor, read them or d- download an audiobook of them. I don't, I'm not... If you like fantasy books, they're both fantastic series. If you like really well-done magic systems as well, they're both also fantastic. I also like how, like, different their magic systems are, right? Like, one feels much more set in logic and science, but because it's magic, it's still a kind of unknown science, but it feels very more... You're uh, talking about King Killer Chronicles here, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Although, actually, um, with some of the scientific, like, stuff that's coming out, like, quantum bonding... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. King Killer Chronicles... Um, has sympathy, some of that basis, yes. Sympathy has like basis in reality. Yeah, no, it's very similar to quantum bonding. Naming really. doesn't though. Naming has no. Oh God, no name. True naming anything in like any magic system basically never has like over strong real world comparison. Yeah, but it does have a deep, deep history in folklore, myths, tales, stories, mm-hmm. everything. Of what if you know something? By its truest form, by its truest name. Well, clearly you have control of it. Then it's just like, I'm down with the idea, but who first came up with this? Because I feel like they were just like, I'm going to control you. How? Get me a drink, Doug. And then Doug just got him a drink. And he's like, I have powers. <laughs> um, he was wrong. Slightly delusional, but hey. And then Brent Weeks' magic system is all color-based magic, like, based on like the colors you see mm-hmm. in light and and emotional ties to the colors and i really do like how i don't know if you've noticed but a lot of the colors apply to uh color theory mm-hmm. and the way it makes you feel and he works that color theory into how that actually does affect their emotional things in that it's not all the same but there are small connotations between each one and a lot of color theory for them it's neat yeah, the color theory between like the theory, the ties between the colors themselves that they they use for magic, and the emotions they make them feel are all really tied together with our current understanding of color theory. Even if most of it's kind of bunk, 
Yeah. Um, or cultural in general. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I enjoy a fun and great magic system, and both those book series have really, really great magic systems, and with such a degree of difference that it's enjoyable to think about both of them, because a lot of the time you're thinking about the way something's magic works, and so easy. It's like, oh, well, it works like this one, which, you know, kind of works like this one, and they all kind of blend together, and it gets kind of weighed down, and hard to mesh out pieces of what fits with this one and what fits with this one. Both of these are so strongly rooted in their two things, in their own things, that they work really well. I actually backed a Kickstarter RPG, tabletop RPG, and it's called Lighthearted. I I think I've talked about it before on on this podcast. It's an 80s magic RPG. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot its name. But color... Color theory is highly used in that as well. Um, I'm just going to show you, like, when you start a scene, you choose a color as your character's primary mindset at the time, and that, yeah. that kind of influences their choices and stuff. Red being, like, that they're feeling angry or wrathful and pa- or passionate. Um, red embodies hate, fury, or lust. Um, yeah. But it's the opposite of Violet. Violet is cold, disgusted, and bored, it's a total resignation or lack of empathy. And then there's orange, which is aggressive, violent, anticipatory, um, opposite of indigo, which is sad and remorseful. Um, indigo is grief and hopelessness. Then we have yellow, which is the opposite of blue. Yellow is joyous and optimism. Blue yeah. is, yeah. Um, and you pick one of these colors and that, that's your highest rated stat in that scene. And the two, they call the two colors next to that are, the next, so you put a D10 in that stat for the scene, and then D8s in the colors next to it, and D6s and everything else. That makes sense. Um, but I'm really excited. I, I started getting artwork back from the game and like pages back. Oh yeah. So they're actually like in like getting in that stage where the game's actually coming together. See. Ooh, very nice. So the only thing that I would say like Lightbringer's magic reminds me of, it doesn't even like really magically tie into it. It just kind of reminds me of the world of, and that is. Um, Garth Nix's The Seven Towers. Yeah, okay. Because the heads of these things are different colors, and I actually think they're basically all the colors, the, the seven actual colors in the Lightbringer books as well. I mean, there's 11 colors in Lightbringer. The seven <laughs> true colors, the non-heretical colors. The colors and, the Cremari- the Cremaria will teach you about. Yeah, it's not a uh, story that the Cremaria would tell you. They're not colors the Cremaria would speak of. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> we hate Star Wars, okay, guys? That's what it reminds me. But then their magic systems are different because, if I remember correctly, Seven Towers, they use sunstones that have to like sit and charge in the sun. And I don't even remember if the colors do anything different. I know people get promoted and like ranked in different colors, but I don't know. I think you get access to different magics. It's been about a... But you can use everything below it. It's been so fucking long since I read those. It's been nearly a decade and a half. And all I remember is a battlefield that, that goes on forever and a train that falls off the, falls off the world. That That's all I remember. <laughs> okay, I, I remember vaguely the structure of it. You had... The people in the towers, towers, and if you got to low, low enough, you were part of the underfolk, I, which were like the people below the tower towers, who were like kind of peasanty, but like I more love, like scroungers and survivors. Then you had the ice carls. I love Garth Nix, who, who were like against the tower people, and our main character falls because I think that's actually like the name of one of the books. It's been forever since I've read them, and he joins up with those people, and then comes back to take on tower shenanigans and bullshit because obviously it's corrupt but also the like heads of the tower are named after the days of the week not no colors no yes no monday no what that's I... keys to the kingdom bud oh another good series by him but oh i was thinking of a totally different series entirely no no uh... so scratch that battlefield and train and yeah no like... the train is a uh, tuesday's domain and it doesn't fall off the edge of the world it Bores new past. They dig. Oh, it, for it definitely falls off the end of the world. At the end. <laughs> yeah, technically, but also no. They break it, and it's no longer digging through like the nothingness. I believe so. It just gets absorbed by it or some shit like that. What books were you talking about again? The Seventh Tower. Um, oh, I, yeah. Okay, I read those. 
But yeah. like that literally has been a decade and a half because I read those like when I was ten and eleven. And I read seven I read The Keys to the Kingdom in junior high, so like almost a decade and a half ago, thirteen, fourteen years ago. Yeah. Um The World and its people. Chosen. These are the masters of light and shadow, possessing magical control over sunstones and shadows. Sunstones have their own light and heat. They are grown from crystals or sun seeds originating in Anair. They are charged by exposing them to sunlight for, period, for extended periods of time. The charging is done above the veil in large nets. The larger stone, the longer exposed, the more powerful it is, whatever. They're part of everyday life for the people of the dark world, used in everything from giving light to cooking food. Uh, chosen children are given weaker sunstones compared to primary sunstones, which older kids and adults use. However, a chosen who loses all their sunstones is demoted to underfolk status. So I remember that part correctly. Uh, the chosen live in a castle with seven towers, extends above the veil. Um, None of this. A chosen is judged by their color level, which shows their ranking in society in descending order of superiority: violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, red. Okay, uh, so yeah, I know I read these books, but none of this sounds familiar. <laughs> My memory is garbage, and a decade and a half is a long time. Oh yeah, so I vaguely remembered parts of it. It's been a long time though. Yeah, I can see how, like, the color magic there ties a little bit to Brent Weeks' stuff. It's just that it uses light to fuel the magic. Then its base root of standing and power is color. Mind you, the more colors you have, I think, the more stones you get, and thus more powers you can use. Which is not the case in no, you Lightbringer. Have... Lightbringer, you're kind of, like... Though, if I remember correctly, I might be wrong, I think there's basically, like, a prismatic stone that the main character gets that would equivocally just be prism powers. Yeah. In Lightbringer, you're, you're kind of stuck with what you're born with. Yeah. Kind of. You kind can, of, yeah. If you're, it, 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 like if you're an stuff. orange, you might be able to push into red if you practice enough. Yeah. Because, like, the colors are next to each other in the spectrum. But, yeah. Um, both of those book series are amazing. And both the Garth Nix book series are amazing, even if I don't remember them very well. <laughs> um, I just remember Garth Nix is hella good. Um, what's, a, what's a book that by him that I actually do remember very well? Did he the do, did he do trilogy? Yeah, Lyriel. I remember Lyriel so well. Actually, I don't think they're a trilogy anymore. <laughs> they're not. Um, yeah, Garth Nix, amazing author. Brent Weeks, amazing author. Patrick Rothfuss, amazing author. Patrick Rothfuss is an amazing salesman. At this, like, <laughs> he writes really well, and like all of his work is really pretty. But at this point, he's taken, is what is it, fourteen, thirteen years? I don't fucking know, man. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight to twenty twenty one. To write a novel, and don't get me wrong, people have taken longer to write novels, but I just don't, I think at this rate, we're not going to get the end of King Killer Chronicles. Mm, maybe. I just know I have Spin Doctors, two princes stuck in my head now. I pulled up a list of Garth Nix books, and one of them is A Confusion of Princes, and that's just gotten that stuck in my head now. That song is so good. What's the, what's the rom-com that has that in it? Uh, it stars Heath Ledger. 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah, it was 10 Things I Hate About You. That's it. Oh, was it? Cool. Yeah, it had to be 10 Things I Hate About You. By the way, that movie is fucking good. I always forget about the ending of the movie, if it's the one I'm thinking of. I don't know, because my memory is garbage. I think that's the one where uh, Heath Ledger and his sister in the movie are fucking with um someone. I don't remember. And Sounds like you're talking about Cruel Intentions. I might be. I might be talking about Cruel Intentions. I don't even know if Heath Ledger's in Cruel Intentions, so that's what it sounds like you're talking about. You know the great thing about having a shitty memory is, though? What? Because I don't remember, like, the ends of these movies or, like, these books, I can go back and read them or watch them, and it's almost like I've never seen them before. Like, I'll remember scenes. Is it? Yeah, like, that's great. That's just great. On the flip side, it means when people are like, hey... You remember this this episode or this scene and like um, because the answer is no. Well, you try to figure out if you're talking, if you're thinking about ten things I hate. Yeah, about no, I'm not. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the wrong thing. We're good. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely. I think you're definitely thinking about cruel intentions, which I don't think is a Heath Ledger film. I don't know what I'm thinking about anywhere, like ever, man. Well, yeah. I have been watching two shows recently, um, Supernatural, which is a massive undertaking. I'm I, I'm about. I'm on season six out of fifteen. So, what is that? Just over, just about just about forty percent. I would, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So, that's the thing. I've watched the first four seasons before, but like season five and six have been totally new to me. So that's cool. I've watched season five, I believe. And here's the thing: 
Supernatural. I've, I've tried it. Well, this is my third time tackling it. It's the furthest I've gotten in it, but it always just feels like it gets to a point where it's just too dark and dreary and like not fun to watch anymore. Like I love the actors and the characters are great, but like it just gets to a point where it feels like a slot, like a slug, slodge, a slug, slog. a slog. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you entirely. Like it just drags after a point because it's weighing itself down with all this dark grittiness that, well, not bad. It doesn't fit the original tone of the show, and it's not the best done version of it either. I would say season one and two almost have like a Scooby Doo vibe to them, <laughs> and like as dark as Scooby Doo can get sometimes, it's always like fun. Yes, Supernatural season six, even season five feels like it kind of loses the fun, and that's why I've also restarted watching Burn Notice again. I picked up where I left off, so. I in season four yeah i think we talked about you watching bird notice last time as well but i'm now on season seven of bird notice because i've been using it to like kind of break palate cleanser yeah like and you know it works bird notice is bright and fun i mean bright just applies to like its camera like it always feels slightly oversaturated yeah i think it's because they're trying to make you believe they're in miami i don't even know if they recorded in miami but yeah yeah but it was like the camera always feels just slightly oversaturated. Yeah, but like it, it it's a it's a good it's a good juxtaposition to supernatural. It's a is. bad juxtaposition to when it's dark and then I look at a screen because I'm walking into the living room I'm like ah man you don't even know I was half asleep this morning, um, watching the last episode I remember watching before I fell asleep, and Michael Weston was being interrogated by this guy. Yeah. And Michael's high on drugs that they've been using to, like, dope him up and, like, break him. Obviously. But, like, so every time we cut every time we cut to Michael, we kind of get, like, his view, view of the nah. world. And, like, he's sitting right next to a window, so this window isn't just, like, sunlight. It's, like, white. Yeah. And um, in a dark living room at 5.30 in the morning after drinking a bunch of vodka. <laughs> after drinking a bunch of vodka. It's literally just painful. So I kind of like turned my head away, and that's why I fell asleep during that during that episode. You know what else is painful? Getting a Snapchat while you're at work and seeing that 66% of your remaining vodka has been drank. I'll buy another bottle tonight. It's okay. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I'm just fucking with you. But I also started streaming again last night. You did. Um, it has been about five, six weeks maybe since I last streamed. And mostly that's because work decided that it wanted to fuck me. Yeah. Um, normally, just to let you guys in on my life a little bit, normally I work second shift. Um, somewhere somewhere between noon and 11 p.m., that's my normal work schedule. Um, eight hours, somewhere in that range. But due to a myriad of issues, my shift didn't exist for a hot minute, so I was working third shift and first shift, and over in the warehouses, and wherever they could find work for me. And that meant for a week or so, I literally worked first shift and third shift back-to-back days, and that's painful. Yeah. And then they finally decided, hey, Josh, you know what sounds good? Let's just put you on third shift. And I'm not a third shifter, guys. Like, I'm awake during those during those hours, but I'm going to bed at 5 or 6 a.m. I'm not getting off work at 5 or 6 a.m. It's not bad. But, like... I was coming off of this week of not having like a sleep schedule at all to like trying to flip my sleep schedule so I could work third shift. And then I finally got that sleep schedule flipped, worked a week on third shift, and then they were like, okay, but now you're back to second. Yeah. Worked a week on second shift, and then they were like, hey, nope, back to third shift. And that's where I am, except now they're like, there's also no third shift this week, so take the five days off. And I was like, What? I get to go back to sleeping normal hours? They're like, yeah, you should come. Second shift should be back next normal week. Normal hours. 5 a.m. to noon is not normal hours? Not stereotypically normal. I think a lot of people are asleep during those hours. Well, yeah, that's because people have different diurnal patterns because we're not actually entirely diurnal. And there have been multiple studies that show you should really sync your body up with like when you should naturally sleep. And I think 11 a.m. is a good spot to wake up at. Like, I, I think that's about when a good... I think that's when normal people are waking up. 
11 a.m. Not, not like nine at night. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm back on a schedule that fits me, and next week I should be back on second shift. So we're back. Um, this comes out tomorrow, but I'm streaming all weekend. Um, I'm actually going to, I think this is the first time I'm actually pitching my username and not deleting it from the podcast. Twitch.tv backslash Rarispada4. I'm going to be live tonight while I'm recording this. You won't hear that. You won't hear this episode before then. But when this episode comes out, I'll be live that night. And then I'll be live Sunday because my normal streaming schedule is Sunday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm just streaming all weekend because I'm back. Last night was magic. We drafted some cube. Um, I had to quit when I realized I was making too many mistakes because I was drunk. Yeah. People <laughs> tend to do that when they drink alcohol and play games that involve thinking. At the same time, I was getting really upset because I, there was two games I should have lost, but my opponents got greedy and tried it. Like, they had the win on board, and they just tried to do more stuff. Win more. And Always gave, win more. And then gave me the win because they tried to do more and I could do stuff. Like, they, if they had just done what they had on board, they would have won. And, like... Always win more. As I was, No, as I was telling the chat, in Cube, you just take your win. Avi, you yeah. don't you don't try to be fancy. You don't try to win more. You don't try to show off. If you have a win on the table, you take that. But what if I like being fancy? What if it makes me feel good about myself? What if it's the only bright spot of my fucking life? Huh? Do you think about that? Then think maybe, about other people for once, man. Then maybe don't play a format you have to pay to play. Eh. Just have fun playing cube with your friends then. But what if I have the money to burn? I don't have friends and being fancy is the only thing that makes me feel good about myself. Okay, well, feel good about yourself while I kick your ass because you try to overcommit. That's fine. Yeah, see? I'm just saying don't judge people if you don't know their situation, okay? That's just rude. Well, okay, let me let me explain why I'm judging one of them at least. They were playing mono red aggro. They had the win on board if they just equipped the Ember Cleave to their creature, pumped their creature with its ability and attacked me in the face. That was the win. Okay. But they try to do something stupid and let me use one of my instants that I didn't have an opening for before then and I gotta fuck them up. When they realized they had lost that turn, they just started spamming nice and wouldn't concede and wouldn't pass the turn. Ah, yes, you know, that's a dick move. See, that person is a person that tried to get fancy and didn't didn't want to pay the price for being fancy. Yeah, no, that totally, like, understandably... That's just fucking dumb and would be annoying. Nice. And I'd hate to play against nice. that. Nice. I muted them and just waited until they conceded. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, also because, assumedly, the smart and fantastic listeners that you are, you've already checked out Loki from Disney+. Plus. I it's, don't, been, it's been out for three days now by the time this goes yeah. live. I don't think we're going to spoil anything, really, story-wise, but... First episode was. I'm gonna spoil great. something. Yeah. Okay, you remember when we saw the timekeepers? Yes. Did you notice? Did you recognize any of them? Honestly, I didn't pay much attention to their faces. One of them is Kang. Okay, one of them looked familiar. Yeah, one of the timekeepers is Kang the Conqueror, which who's? I mean, it's a spoiler for Loki, but he's already confirmed to be appearing in. Um, Doctor Strange. No, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I also just appreciate how the TVA basically just throws out into existence that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well as in the comics, if your uh, Infinity Stone or <clears throat> Infinity Gym is not in your universe, it does squat shit. Yep, it just doesn't do what it's supposed to do because you're outside of your universe and it no longer has power. Mind you, though, that then, like, so they have the sacred timeline, which is also a thing in the comics, but in the comics they also like run multiversal stuff off to the side as well. So the real question is, where do those other infinity stones come from if they're correcting all the timeline back to one flow? Uh, they're just like leftovers from when they do the corrections. Because they could take something from that timeline and then when uh, they true, reset true. it. Yeah. Like that's what they, they reset the timeline Loki's from, but he still has his Tesseract that's gonna be useless forever. And he still exists, even though the, even though his timeline that he's from now is gone, because they reset that. True. 
So his Tesseract is somebody's pretty paperweight in the future. Nah, you make a point. It glows. Yeah, they just... It looks better than my Infinity Stones. <laughs> you mean your plastic Easter eggs? Yeah, so... I'm not a big fighting game fan. I do like some fighting games. Mortal Kombat's one of them. Smash Bros. Blast Blue. Marvel vs. Capcom. Blaze Blue. So, when my game, my local GameStop had Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity marked down for $50 for the collector's edition, I was like... How much can I sell the statues for? And I checked that, and they're all, they're all worth more than the $50 I paid for the game. So I bought it, and I've had the statues ever since, even though I have, like... Bought it on the premise of selling them. They're, they're too nice. They're, 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 the statues look really good, and I like them a lot. Um, but it also came with the game and a still book, which is still sealed on my game shelf somewhere. Yeah. And it came with the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. Which are Easter eggs that light up. They look like shit. Look them up online. They're bad. <laughs> the ones that were advertised looked so much better, and then the, the ones that they actually like Didn't people out- try to make a class action lawsuit? I don't know, but I know, like... I know there's massive backlash about it. Something like 40% of pre-orders for the Deluxe Edition were canceled when they... Ah, okay, yeah. Like, which is why mine was 50 bucks instead of 150 bucks. Yeah, it was bad. They looked absolutely horrible. Yeah. um, I still have those in my closet because they're not worth showing to anyone. (laughs) And no one's going to buy them. Yeah. They sell for, like, 15 to 20 bucks on eBay. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, ooh, indeed. Um, so Tom Hiddleston's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to get us back on topic. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston's fucking great. Not only is, not only is he playing the protagonist in this miniseries on Disney+, Plus, but... Spoilers for those of you who haven't finished episode one because you're naughty, naughty people and can't watch an hour of television in three days. He's also playing the the antagonist in this. I mean, maybe. No, he's definitely the villain. Is he? Yeah, no. It, it Loki is the villain. No, no, they say that. But is it Loki? But is it Tom Hiddleston playing Loki? Because we know it's a different version of Loki. Are you and su- we also know Loki is a shapeshifter. Are you suggesting that we're actually getting woman Loki? I'd be down with it. Especially because I-, I think there's an... Uh, an official statement, or vaguely official statement, about how Loki is gender fluid. That makes sense, but I don't think so. I think we're getting Tom Hiddleston playing the protagonist and the antagonist. I mean, yeah, but Loki's given birth to a giant snake, a giant wolf, his father's eight-legged horse. Maybe not in the Marvel universe, but I mean, the eight-legged horse's name is like Slepnir or something like that, right? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I know Odin has like a, a magic horse. I forgot it had eight legs. Yeah, I think it's like an eight. I think it has like eight legs. Uh, it's fucking spider horse. And I remember Loki is the mother. Uh, Loki has so many children. Yeah, and most of the time Loki is the mother. Yeah. Oh. Um. I guess while we're talking about Loki, you should watch it. Yeah, definitely I, do it. Okay, so Falcon Winter Soldier was good. It it was good. The best part about it is it gave us, like, context for Winter Soldier outside of, like... Yeah. What, six lines of dialogue in the movies and um, <laughs> looking like a badass? That, that yeah. That's his entire thing. So we actually have, like, context for him as a character now. Nice. But otherwise, it was just okay. It, was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. WandaVision was... I've actually heard a mixed take on WandaVision. Some people really didn't like it. Yeah. But it's obvi- it's obviously the best thing Marvel's ever, ever done, and if you don't think so, you're wrong. It's really fucking good. Uh, by Marvel, I mean the MCU, obviously. Um, Loki's shaping up to be really good. I, it's got a little bit of, like, Inception vibe going on. Like, just the, the color palette and the style of, like, the camera. I don't think that the story is Inception. Okay. Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm talking, like, from a cinematic perspective. I think the better argument there is and has a very nolan like directorial viewpoint there you go very christopher nolan in the directorial. Nolan did do inception right yes okay then yeah yeah like you're, you're very very yeah so like i wouldn't compare it to inception i would compare the f- camera work to christopher nolan's camera work then yeah so like i inception was what my mind goes to because that's like 
the Christopher Nolan movie that sticks in my brain. Yeah, I got you. The most other than the TDK trilogy, which is just really weird for Nolan, honestly. Yeah. Like, the second Dark Knight movie feels right for, like, <laughs> Nolan. But the first and third one just don't feel like Nolan films. Their Bane makes me laugh. Their Bane makes everybody laugh. He's literally a meme. Yeah, I fucking know. Um, but yeah, Loki's looking like it's going to be hella good. It also disappoints me in those movies that uh, Liam Neeson, first off, is Rachel Ghoul. Let's me down. And then the fact that Rachel Ghoul's cover name is the name of Bruce Wayne's other actual fucking teacher before Rachel Ghoul, the one that taught him to be like a fucking detective. Yeah. And like how to hunt down people and like fucking track like over the fucking entire world. Like they're just like, oh, that's just a pseudonym for Rachel Ghoul. I'm like, but, but why? That, like, I get it's a nod, but also now all you've done is just make me go, oh yeah, there's that really cool character that no one ever uses. Man, I'm sad now. So, because we're still on Loki. Um, Are we? I think we're on Batman again. No. We end up there a lot. No, we're on Loki. Because I need to talk about the MCU. And you don't like DC, whatever. We always end up on Batman. I, I, I do like DC. I just much prefer their, like, Justice League Dark side of the world. Like, that stuff. But while I mean, we're on I understand. The MCU, Constantine is pretty fucking great. While we're on the MCU, damn it! You know what I'm really hoping for from Loki and Multiverse of Madness and no, and No Way Home. All these movies that have like this idea of an alternate reality tied to I them. I know what you want. I want them to make the Defenders non-canon. The Netflix shows. I yeah. want them to fucking erase that. Just shit. so we can get a better Iron Fist. Yes, I because love. I love that Daredevil. It's I love not that, that their actor for Iron Fist was bad. It's that their writing for Iron Fist was bad. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want them to erase that. Dare- like I don't. I like that Daredevil, and I love that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage was good, and Punisher is great. But I want Iron Fist erased from the timeline so we can get a new one. Yeah. He's so cool. There, there, Iron Fist just was a bit of a letdown. He punched his fist into the heart of a dragon, Justice. Yes, and gained all the powers of a dragon. <sighs> Iron Fist is so cool, and it's so sad that they did him so dirty. Yeah. Hopefully Shang-Chi is good. Shang-Chi looks like it's going to be good, and I'm down with it. Shang-Chi kind of looks like what Iron Fist should have had going for it. Yes. Iron Fist should have been a, like, martial arts kung fu show, but instead it was, like, Green Arrow, but bad. The Sorry, it was, like, Arrow, but bad. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like, the bits that I've seen, because, like I said, I haven't seen all of those, because I was just like, eh. I saw the trailer for what they were doing with Iron Fist, and I wasn't on board. I watched the first half of the Iron the Netflix's Iron Fist show and then had to leave sobbing. Really? I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but only a little bit. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, just sad. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters. Him and Captain Britain, okay? like R- Really? Well, and Taskmaster, but Taskmaster's going to be canon, so... Yeah. Are you worried about Taskmaster and Black Widow? Yeah, I also don't <laughs> like his mask. I know why his mask is the way it is. It's that way the film can sell in china because they don't like human skulls and his mask looks too much like a skull so they went for kind of tokusatsu style helmet but it looks bad Uh, and i don't like a bad looking taskmaster also his hood's down too often and that looks bad because at least when the hood's up it looks a bit better but the fact that it's just like look faceplate and then the rest of this is just a purple helmet cap thing and also I'm just like also, we're getting Moon Knight, which is going to be legit. Yeah. That'd okay, cool. you, you wanted to swerve to DC for some reason? Oh, no, no, that was just to keep you off of talking about Marvel. Oh, it's okay. I love Constantine, too. That's who you brought up, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, because you were talking uh, Justice League Dark. Yeah, no, like, the entire Dark verse of Justice League, I've said this so many times now, is what I love about like DC. Like, okay. that dark so, side. So, since we actually are on Constantine. So, you've seen the Constantine... TV show from CW. Yeah, it's very good. It's so, very sad that it only has one Matt season. Matt Ryan, the, the guy who plays Constantine in that. If, and, and the voice actor for Constantine in Justice League Dark. In a lot of the things. He's not always, but he is a lot of the time. Is also Constantine in DC Legends of Tomorrow. 
Yeah, he's because they pull him in, and I don't know how I, don't, I didn't. I, he's canon Constantine. I mean, before the, before there was a reboot, there was a Keanu Reeves who played Constantine. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love Keanu Reeves, Matt Ryan does it better. Matt Ryan does it. Better. I told you, like, and before you were like, no, no, and then you fucking watched the show and you had to agree. Okay, look, Keanu Reeves is a god among men, and um, his Constantine movie is okay. Yeah. But, Matt Ryan is amazing, though. He's he's such a good Constantine. So, Netflix is Sandman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when they pull John Constantine into it, because he does have a role in Sandman, want Matt Ryan. Do you want to see more of him and see him pulled into the Netflix Sandman? Or, like, do you have that preference? Because I know a lot of the internet does. I mean, if it's not him then give it to Keanu because Keanu's been in the talks for a Constantine 2 for a decade. So True. Either give it to Matt Ryan or cement the fact that we're getting a Constantine 2 movie with Keanu Reeves. Either way, th- there's no need to recast Constantine. You, you got two great actors yeah. for the character. So I really want it to be Matt Ryan just because I love his Constantine and uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow I'm not very interested in, but I want more Constantine. I want to watch DC Legends of Tomorrow because it's got a bunch of cool characters on it. It does, but... But it also means I have to catch up with the Arrowverse. Uh-huh, and from my understanding, the first season is kind of weak. Yeah. Anyways, new, new season of Hill's Kitchen started a couple weeks ago. It did. <laughs> That's a good segue, right? I did well. I mean, you could have done better when we, if you'd let me talk to you about DC first, and then we could have went to Marvel, and we got on your Daredevil bit. You could have went talking about Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Also, there was definitely a line from Constantine to Lucifer to Hell's Kitchen. I'm really bad at segues, guys. Yeah. Yeah, you are. If Lucifer shows up in Sandman, which he should... But no, Lucifer has been cast for Sandman. Oh. Is it the same guy? No, they're um, using, oh, what's her name, what's her name, what's her name? She played, uh, she was the blonde knight in Game of Thrones. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Gwendolyn That's Christie? such a good casting. Jesus. Yeah, no, people have thrown massive, like, have had massive problems with the casting for it because Death is played by a black woman, uh, Lucifer is played by a woman, and we have a... Oh, I don't remember what the other problem that they the people have with it is. I have no issue with the casting that I've seen so far. Like, um, it seems perfectly fucking uh, fine. Uh, hold on, it's one of the endless. Uh, lust is that an endless? Uh, no, I think it's desire. Yeah, desire. That's the endless, and people are upset because it's being portrayed by a, tr- a yeah. gender foot actor. People are upset because desire is being portrayed by a gender foot actor. Which fucking fits for desire so much and so easily yeah i was right it's uh gwendolyn christie that's her name i'm actually surprised i remembered that yeah no i i was kind of upset for half a second that tom alice wasn't being recast as lucifer yeah but gwendolyn christie playing lucifer who's supposed to look like david bowie i can buy this it's gonna be so good oh yeah also uh, i mean i'm just down with Patton oswalt i believe he is voicing um yeah, I heard this. Oh. Uh, he's, he's voicing one of the Ravens. Um, I, I've talked Crows? about him. Ravens? Damn it. it. It should be a crow. It's the one who is in Swamp Thing who dies, and then yeah, because yeah. he's a shitty kind of person, and he dies in, a, in the dream, he becomes the crow. And my mind is forgetting his fucking name, and it's actually kind of driving me crazy at the moment. He, but he, he doesn't become the crow. He becomes a, a crow. A crow, yes, yes. That, that would be a, a weird jump between comic franchises. Although... Not entirely unappreciated. You're not wrong. Yeah, it'd actually be kind of neat. I feel like the crow would tie very well into DC Dark. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be such a cool character. Also, uh, apparently, uh, David Thewlis is playing Dr. Destiny. My brain is not remembering the character. Because Ramus Lupin. Oh. Mm. I could buy it. Yeah. Feels like we're kind of pittering out here, though, talking about Sandman, which is a great graphic novel series. It also has an Audible adapta- adaptation now, which I haven't listened to oh, yet. Oh, yeah, no, neither. Neither have I. No Gaiman oversaw it, so I'm assuming it's good. Um, 
And then this TV show. I was going to wrap us down, but I forgot one thing that I just remembered. We got not a release date for, but we got an idea of when Bebop is coming. Live action Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, full. Also, I still just want to know who who they're casting as uh, Edward Wong, Kyle Peplu, Tavruski the Fourth. I don't know if Ed's going to be in the first season at, at this rate. <clears throat> I feel like the casting would have already been announced, right? True. But if there's no radical Edward, I riot. Well, then I guess you have to make sure it gets a second season so Ed can show up. No. <laughs> Why is the no? You're like I riot first, and then then I'll, <laughs> then I'll watch it. So hopefully, it's the second season. I'm really uh, just looking for excuses to you know cause general mayhem and problems for people. Ah, uh, so you're like Limp Biscuit in the '90s. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe anybody would agree to that comparison. But I'm just gonna ruin festivals for everyone. No more Woodstock ever again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of festivals in Woodstock and with the pandemic not over, but with vaccines happening and stuff slowing down, concerts are happening again, which is fantastic. It's been over two years since I saw a band perform live. And that hurts my soul. I mean, Spose helped. He did a bunch of free shows online, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Not going to a live concert slowly kills me inside. But Alice Santa's doing their 10 years of the emptiness tour which is now actually 11 yeah. years of the emptiness tour which is funny because all the merchandise is still brand as 10 years but they were just like fuck it we're running it anyways um but yeah they're playing near us in august and i think we're going that is the hope allison is one of my favorite metalcore bands i know i haven't talked about them a lot on this show because i haven't talked about metalcore a lot on this show I mean, we did it in an episode. Maybe, yes. Alisana has... They're very... They're right... They're, their story... Their albums... Alisana's albums tell a story. They're conceptual music, like Coheed and Cambria, or... The Wise Men's Fear. Or Famous Last Words, or... There's some other ones I'm... God, my mind is just blanking. Anyways, concept albums. Um, In Fear and Faith, self-titled. Yeah. Crown the Empires, The Fallout, is that the name of that album? Yeah, I think so. Then they have like four songs that are conceptually all tied together and tell the story of a single person. Crown the Empires, The Fallout is the lesser man's version of In Fear and Faith, self-titled. They they tell the same story. One just does it better. In Fear and Faith. Um, Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, self-titled is also a concept album. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. SK, SK are fun. But not necessarily great, but I fun. love albums that tell stories. I'm a sucker for it. And Alisana did a trilogy of albums that tell a mind-bending, time-twisting, a, a quatrain? Yeah, I mean, technically there's four-ish. What's the fourth one? We got The Emptiness, Place Where the Sun is Silent, and... God, I just forgot the name of that album, even though that was the one I was... I mean, I might be wrong. I could have sworn Where Myth Fates to Legend was tied to it. Where Myth Fates to Legend? Yeah, I thought so. No, that's, that should be way earlier in the career. I honestly don't remember. I think you're right. I think it's just uh, Emptiness, A Place with the Sun of Silent, and Confessions. Yeah, it's just a trilogy. There's a book, and I th- there's the B-sides that they released as well, which are all part of that universe. Okay, I think I'm thinking of the B-side, actually, then. But they have told the story over three albums, a book, and, like I said, a B-side. But yeah, it took... Roughly seven years to get the entire series, plus a book. And And, um, the book... (laughs) It it gave me more questions than answers. So, it's one of those things where you're like, I think I understand this. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going for. But also, I could just be entirely fucking wrong. Well, It's weird because when The Emptiness came out, I thought it was a self-contained story. It's same when we were a place where the sun of silent came out. Like when I when I when I listened to where a place where the sun is silent, I was like, oh, this is a self-contained story. Then like I started reading about stuff. And well, like, when I listened to a place where the sun is silent, like several times, I was just like, no, this is this is tied to the emptiness. It has reoccurring characters, but that doesn't mean it's the same story. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess we can go all Stephen King, Desperation, and the other fucking book that I can't remember off the top of my head. Both are pretty good. Well, it's like American Horror Story has the same actors but different characters, right? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that's all one now congelled mess from what I understand. But it's an anthology. You can have the same characters mm-hmm. reappear in different stories. And that's what kind of, I kind of thought it was until I started reading deeper into it. And it's about time travel and Tesseracts. Not, not like Loki's Tesseract, but like actual... Time Tesseracts. Yeah. Because a Tesseract is actually a shape that can't exist within the bounds of 3D space. So that little cube that Loki carries around is not a Tesseract. It's a cube. The argument, I would say, is that supposedly the space in between where the stone sits and the cube containing it is of an unknowable shape. <laughs> Hence, it's swirly and void and unknownness. Feels wrong. Oh, yeah. No, it does. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Uh, the, the Annabelle trilogy, as it's called, is much more wild than that. Oh, yeah. For my under basic, like, base plot understanding... Okay. This artist, um, just called the artist. Yeah. yeah, the artist creates a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Dies. Yes. His art does that thing that people do, and where they take things from other people and use them to as a catalyst for major changes. And equivocally, his art fuels a dystopic future of a sort, where all art becomes banned. Essentially. Yeah. And thus, Annabelle. And her current lover at the time decide are part of her business and like, we need to stop this. So they make time travel. But they haven't really tested it. And she is split into three parts. Effectively sending a copy of herself to the past. One stays in the present and one gets flung into the far future. And Uh, there's a fourth part of her. Yes. He gets trapped in the like timey-wimey of the Tesseract. Yeah. But arguably, it's also all three. Yeah. It is the truest, but also the most untrue version of Annabelle. And then her husband also time travels back to the past where he eventually becomes the artist because he falls in love with the past Mm -hmm. version of her. So he is also the stranger? Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's weird, but fun it's equivocally a whole giant lesson in causality about the fact that they can't actually change the past because they create the past and that even though they hadn't originally created the past by going through and removing these individuals it's are you it's actually kind of a testament to a deterministic future yeah. and a deterministic timeline in which originally the artist finds someone falls in love spurs his art when she goes back she replaces that individual kind yes, of she be, she becomes that annabelle well, even if it wasn't that person originally, mm-hmm. she just kind of steps in, fills the spade of like, nah, get out of here. Like, she garners his his attention instead. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes back... Because she's supposed to kill him to prop, stop him from... Mm-hmm. like. But the th- thing is, killing him is what turns his art into like this thing. It, it martyrs him equivocally. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's this whole deterministic timeline and lessons in causality. And honestly, it's the book is weird but also good i wouldn't say it's the most well-written thing ever no but it's enjoyable it originally started as a short story for one of their like college classes yeah one of the right for one of the singers in the band um which you could kind of tell like it has a short story vibes to it that yeah. just it's a short story that overgrew its short storiness very much so but the music the the albums are just spectacular Confessions might be my favorite album in the trilogy now. I really love The Emptiness, but Confessions just hits it hits different. It hits it's it hits different. And I still don't like A Place Where the Sun is Silent. That album's just kind of okay. And when I say I don't like it, I should clarify. I don't like it for Alisana. I love everything Alisana's done. In prison beneath the world, there's a place where the soulless dwell. Yeah. I like I love everything they've done. It's just my least favorite of the trilogy. So. A place the damned call home. A place where the innocent dwell in fear. A place we see only in our nightmares. A place where the sun is silent. Yeah, and it's also a place where that is stuck in between time because... Because in my opinion, the depths of a man's soul are not... It is in it's my not opinion, quantifiable uh, by the depths... It is my opinion that the depths of a man's soul is not quantified in a manner of meters or fathoms, but rather only quantified by his proximity to heaven or hell. 
it was in such a state that I ushered myself past the town taverns, bursting at the sounds of the sound, bursting at the scenes with the sounds of laughter and drunken piano playing. If it only had been a different place, a different kind of man passing by this fresh doors of this innocent pub. You forgot part of a lot. I forgot one of the lines. If it, I it, forgot it, one it of the if only only's. A different place, a different night, a, a different, different kind, kind of man. man passing by the bar. Yeah, passing um, by those. Yeah, French doors of that innocent place. What he what, what he's doing is he's taking monologues from the album right now because the albums do have monologues. But fuck you, like, like just stop. I, we don't have rights to perform those. <laughs> and also, you're performing them badly. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah. Go listen to the uh, the empty the Alice. Yeah, go listen to the Annabelle trilogy. Go read the King Killer Chronicles, or maybe don't wait till there's a third book. But read the Lightbringer series. Watch the new episode of Loki if you haven't. If you have, I'm sorry I spoiled stuff. I mean, if you haven't, I'm sorry I spoiled stuff. But yeah, media, consume it. Do it. You but know, first, uh, consume this and. Also, if you've heard me telling you to consume this media, congratulations. You have done as I have informed you, and you should be rewarded. You won't be, but you should be. You have retroactively complied to his order. It's because I know your true name. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to this, there should be an option to hit a button that says review. Maybe. Some things are dumb. If you would like to, I don't know, make people aware of how terrible our content is, or how much enjoyment we bring you. <laughs> That's what that review is for. It lets people know what you think of us and helps drive people to the show if it's a good one. If it's a five-star, more, more people have the chance to see our podcast. If it's one-star, I think that makes it where we show up in feeds less often. I don't know how this works. I don't really know how, how that stuff works. Anyways, leave five-star reviews. Make more people deal with us. Do um, it. And if you leave those reviews, we'll read them. It's been a while since I read one, but it's also been a while since I checked. Anyways, if you'd like to contact us directly, there's there's quite a few different options available to you. You can find us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at copilotsreview. You can also find our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, where you can find a link to our Discord, a link to send us an email, our Twitter, or our YouTube or our YouTube, indeed. And also... Which is Copilot's Review. And also, you can leave us a review on your podcatcher app of choice. Please leave us a review. Remember, I know your true name. Leave us a review. Don't make me build a time machine and fragment myself into, into multiple parts in order to come back and find you and make you write a review, only for that review to already have existed because causality and bootstrapping and so on and so forth... Science words, time travel, da 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 da. Paradoxes. <laughs>